Welcome to another episode of Out From The Cube. As I've started saying, because I don't know the number exactly, we are north of episode 150. So welcome to our show. Joe, how are you? Welcome, uh, my my co-host. I think we're on episodes uh, maybe eight or nine now with Joe. Oh, eight, or the, yep, yep. eight or nine. We've had some great guests on. I'm excited about today's episode because it yep. is right, a good show today. Like, we'll have a great show today. I'm super excited about it, but this is a homecoming of sorts for you. And the gentleman that we have with us, I'm excited about this because we get to kind of mix uh, the passions that I have in terms of youth sports and teens and athletics and uh, sports and all that. And also coupled with the kind of the message that we're also conveying professionally to teams of, you know, of people that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s. It's a similar message of what we're trying to instill in our youth and our kids um, as we raise them, but also what we're trying to do with our teams professionally and how we're looking to lead them. But it's a homecoming for you of sorts that our two guests, Ryan Watson and Michael Williams, th these are people that you've known. How long have you all known each other? Like we got four, we got all four of us here um, birth. Two, <laughs> since birth. So <laughs> these, these are 40, 41 years. Yeah. <laughs> 41 years. 41 so. years. So Michael, yeah. 37 years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Right. So you yeah, he's all, a little younger. So you all, you all grew up together. So Joe, Joe has been running with, you know, finding guests, tapping into his network. He knows what our show's about. He knows, uh, you know, Joe and I share similar passions and interests. And, uh, and so he's been finding people to bring onto the show. And he said, Hey, we need to have these two guys from my hometown on how, how big is the hometown Monroe city, right? Monroe city, 2500, basically 2,500. Yep. yep. Perfect. We're 20, and, and we're 20 miles west of Hannibal, Missouri. You know, if you if you've heard of Mark Twain, you've heard of Hannibal, Missouri. So we're uh, we're right by the river, but we're not on the river. So right up. Is there a what what school? What university is in Hannibal? Hannibal Lagrange. Hannibal Lagrange mm. is is the university that's up there. So you all grew up together in Hannibal. Is that that's how this all kind of came about? Grew up in our hometown of Monroe City. Uh, we're all related in some way, shape, or form, uh, and and just like you just said, George, we all I think we all you know we as we were talking before the show, if like you know Joe, and if your listeners know Joe, then you really kind of know Michael and I by default because we share similar interests. Uh, we we like a lot of the same things. We're all family guys, you know, and uh, so yeah, if you know Joe, you know us. Yeah, well, the one thing I, I I've known Joe now for. It seems like a long time. It could be, you know, it could be seven years, but five to seven years somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Joe and I've known yep, each other right. and the competitiveness, the athletic background, the, uh, you know, the, the, the success that, that he's had, you know, in athletics, um, but also professionally and how that's carried over professionally. We've had so many conversations about the lessons learned on the athletic field or court and how that ends up translating into, and actually, Joe, I would say a number of the guests that we've had on that are, you know, um, I heard the phrase today, not peak performers, but the, the because peak kind of signifies, you know, uh, that there's a, a peak, that, that's as high as you can get. But mm -hmm. the phrase they used this morning was optimal performer, which I really like. The people that are at their optimal level typically kind of have that background of being raised at, in athletics and being that challenge. You said this, uh, I, I'm sorry to get off point here a little bit, but you said, Joe, when we uh, talked before Ryan and Michael even got on about what your son's doing right now. Right. Like your son is grinding it. Right. He's up early. He's out, you know, out late. And just what he's doing, what he's doing to enhance right. and to be an optimal mm -hmm. performer athletically 
Now we, we all geek out on that because it's cool. Cause he's an athlete and all your children are athletes, but we all geek out on it. But the reality is at the end of the day, he's learning skills that when he's 40, like he's just going to kill it. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what we all hope for. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you hope that the lessons they learn from zero to 18 until they're, whenever they're out of your house, right. It's going to transition into, into being a great dad, you know, a great uh, leader in the work yeah. workforce and, you know, more productive citizen. Right. So it's always kind of encouraging. And I honestly thought that was uh, be a good reason for us to have these two guests on. No question. You know? Uh, yeah. So let's go back to that. So you all grew up, you're all in Monroe city. Um, and w w talking offline before we hit record it, the town is called title town, right? That is title town, Missouri, right? Why, why is, why is, uh, why is it called title town? Why is Monroe city title town? I don't know who wants to take it. I guess I'll go ahead, Michael. You you know all the stats. Like just so, a quick rundown of maybe state champions, conference champions, girls, boys. Well, I think initially it was given to us by a local TV sports guy because at base he came in the mid '90s amidst the stretch where Monroe City won state titles. You know, in '94 and '96 mm -hmm. in football, went to the went to the state championship in '97, '98. Right after that, you had two state championships on the on the girls' basketball side in three years. You went to the Final Four in basketball. So, I mean, he came during a stretch that was probably, you know, as high level as any small school is going to have kind of across the board. Mm. But then looking more broad, I mean, this for a small town, basically 40-plus, I think we're up to like 42 Final Four appearances in all the sports, you know, double-digit state championships. You got football. 15, I believe we counted. Yeah, so you got – 15, wow. Track, 15, wow. Track, football, girls' basketball. You know, it, it's just been a lot of success, and it's just one of them things that has just continued going. You know, if you go into our gym, there's not a whole lot – you're not going to see a whole lot of gaps where there's a, some big, long stretch between final four appearances, at least in one sport. So mm. – and I think uh, to kind of piggyback on that too, you know, he came in at that time and, you know, track has always been uh, a, a tremendous asset to this community and the track individual state champions along with the team state mm -hmm. champions. Sure. And so it even goes back even before the nineties, but that's where it came from was a local uh, sportscaster, Chris Stewart's his name over in Quincy, Illinois, mm -hmm. we're about 35 miles from Quincy. So, uh, which is a shame for the Illinois athletes this year, but that's a whole yeah, different right. podcast there. But <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I think uh, you know, for for the for the title town, right? Like there are other schools in our conference in our area that come to our gym, and they are in awe of what is up on the walls as far as the banners. And then they, you hear them comment all the time, like, God, why don't we have that? What? Yeah, right. You know, mm -hmm. we, we've got like one banner, and it was for a district championship in nineteen. 97 like you know it's mm -hmm. just it's just crazy mm -hmm. um from our area schools what we get and we and we got a rival down the road palmyra that that has some success in some different things but but honestly um you know and, and our boys uh we're michael and i are leaving for springfield missouri tomorrow morning our boys are playing in the final four in basketball mm -hmm. and out of out of all the sports boys basketball is probably the lowest on the totem pole as far as number of accolades, but it's mm -hmm. kind of numero uno right now yep. um, with a legit chance to be state champions. You know, a lot of things got to go right for that to happen, but right. it's not only the number, but I think 
part of that is uh, a little local envy too. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think there was definitely a lot of success back in the 70s and it's it's still kind of translated um, to today. But I would definitely be interested in your two's perspective on, you know, what 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 is it with the town? Is it the community? Is it the players? Is it the coaches? Is it what what you're feeding? I mean, is it the school system? I mean, what are you guys seeing that has, uh, you know, really for a long time? I mean, it's not uncommon for maybe a four year stretch for a small town to, to, to do something good. But, you know, this stretch has gone on for, for quite some time. So I would definitely love to hear your perspective on why do you think that is? I, you, you, you may go first. You want to go, Michael? I mean, I can go and then you can piggyback. I mean, you've All been right. you've been in more places than I have. I mean, I'm, I'm a player and mm-hmm. some of the youth levels, but, you know, I think there's a number of things and I wish I could count to one, but, you know, one thing I used to talk about, with other towns even when I was younger out of college and whatnot is, you know, every town is probably going to have a great athlete, you know, mm-hmm. it's just how there's going to be. Like I remember sure. Louisiana, Missouri, when I was in school, had the best athlete in the conference, a guy named Richie Bryant, great athlete. You know, they weren't very good. And I think what Monroe city has developed, and this is just in, you know, whether it be football, basketball, whatever, it's been, getting peak, you know, optimal, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. performance out of everybody. But I think the bigger part is the buy-in. You get a buy-in from everyone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you may have, every team may have one great player, but I think what's made Monroe city great, what we used to talk about a lot with other towns is Monroe city, you know, their number one may be the same as another number one but our number 11 on the football field is going to be extremely better than anybody else's number 11. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is, you know, leadership from the coaches. But I think what I noticed a lot and what I see even with the group now is leadership within the team, but more importantly, accountability. And that's something that I think is probably the most important thing. That's what I try to instill in my youth kids when I coach. And I know, like, as a player myself, when I was out there, you know, you almost have this feeling that I got to do my job because I know the another the other 10 are going to do their job. I can't mm-hmm. let them down. And that isn't just on the field. It's getting the work in the weight room, doing all the extra stuff that it takes mm-hmm. to be successful. And, you know, that's something I see in this basketball team a lot. I know, you know, one of the things that the current basketball coach has instilled is, you know, each player has someone on their six. They have an accountability partner. And, you know, in, you know, everything I've done, I think one of the biggest tenets of success is accountability. And I think Monroe City has had that for an extremely long period of time. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, not to cut you off, Ryan. I love that. I, I wrote it all in. I wrote it all down. <laughs> Buy-in from everyone, leadership, accountability, that you're working for somebody else. Um, but you have this across not one sport. It's not like you're really good at softball, which you are. It's not mm-hmm. that you're good at boys basketball, which you are, right? And I'm guessing it's a small town, but I'm going to go with the assumption that you don't have one coach that's coaching all the sports, right? You've got probably a bunch of people uh, working, maybe your football coach helps out in basketball and does a little baseball. Maybe I've seen that before, but you have different coaches coaching all these different sports. There's a level of sustained greatness amongst all the sports. You have a team in the final four 
and you're saying that they're actually probably the least decorated out of all the sports and they have a chance to win the state championship. But if it comes down to accountability and leadership and buy-in and working for somebody else, I feel like that message is so hard to roll down to all the teams, but it seems like it is. It seems like that message, that mission is being distributed out well, to all the kids. They're so yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So I'm, you know, removed from the town for 20 plus years. And I was listening to the pep rally today as they're getting ready to go to the final four. Um, their head coach actually like he, he's in front of the crowd, the whole entire town, all the schools, I, the, probably even the Catholic school was there. If I were to guess, I'm not too sure. No, they, they, they did their own the other day over there. <laughs> okay. So they did their own. So they would invite both, you know, all the youth from, mm. you know, basically kindergarten on up. Yep. Uh, but the head coach, you know, he said, you know, Basically, in a roundabout way, he said, this did not start this year with this team. It started by them when they were your age, sitting in the seat and start working, um, you know. And, and I think a lot of that, too, it's like it's not just the five players on the team. It's it's the, you know, the entire team working, yeah. everybody. It's the parents that are driving the youth. It's the youth getting super involved. Um, it's like, it's accountability across all levels. I mean, yeah. let's face it. Mom and dad's got to bring everybody to, to these events. I mean, it's yeah, coaches but, but that like message comes, yeah, that message comes from the coach, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it sounds like you just, not only do you have buy-in from players, mm -hmm. uh, you have buy-in from the coaches that this, this is the way we do things here, right? Mm -hmm. Like if all of a sudden I'm the boys basketball coach up at Monroe city, You'd be like, hey, this is how we kind of do things, and you, you know, and this is what has worked for us, kind of, kind of mindset. Go ahead, Ryan. I tell you, I tell you right now. I mean, Brock Idris, our head boys basketball coach, would be a phenomenal guest for this. He reads all kinds of books on leadership, mm -hmm. and different mm -hmm. things. I think too. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I'll add a couple other terms that I always relate to Monroe City, whether it's athletics or just, um, you know, business. We've had some successful businesses here. You know, we were the mini Detroit at one point in time where we were creating all the dyes for the automotive industry up in Detroit, Michigan. Um, that started with a local family in a garage. But I, there's two terms that I always come that I always talk about when, when somebody asks me about Monroe City, and that's blue collar and that's coachability. So, blue, you know, there's just a certain like if something needs to be done, the people in Monroe City are just going to do it. You know, yeah. they're not. We're, they're, they're not going to look to their next door neighbors to, to do something. They're just going to get it done. They're not going to wait on the government. Yeah. No. It's just, you know, you're just volunteer and get it done. You're just going to take care mm -hmm. of it. And if, if your neighbor needs help, sure. You're no. going to help them. But, no. um, and, 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 you know, unfortunately we see that sometimes in tragedies, but, uh, the other thing is coachability. You know, I think throughout all these decades, you've had a, you, you obviously have to have Johnny's and Joe's, right? Like you got to have some good dudes, that can play, right? Like you mm -hmm. can't go win yeah. with, and sure. you got to have on the other side with the, with mm -hmm. our, with our softball team that went to the final four our lady Panthers that compete year in and year out in the basketball and the track, but you got to have some athletes, but they're coachable, right? Mm -hmm. They're very coachable. And a lot of times what I've seen, whether it be Monroe city or anywhere else, the teams that are really good, they play for the name on the front and not for the back. And so when you're looking for when you're if I'm playing for the name on the back of my jersey, I'm never satisfied. If I got 20 shots, I should have gotten 23 shots. Mm -hmm. If I if I scored two touchdowns, well, damn, if coach would have gave me that ball that last time, I would have had three touchdowns. But when you play for the name on the front, which is the Monroe City name in Titletown, 
you you play for something bigger than you, and I think that's what you've seen for three decades. Yeah. Really. No, I would agree. I mean, if you really think about it, there's four decades, really five the, decades. The teams are always good, but if you look at the number of Division One athletes that's come out of that town, it's, it's not a whole bunch. Next, it's next. To <laughs> it's really it's pretty small, it's, it's but it kind of goes to down. that uh, that team aspect, that coachability thing. And I'd say well, one of the, the we counted what was it? Two girls basketball players, Division One, and two football players. Michael, uh, yeah. Mar- Marvin Robinson may have been a third in mm-hmm. kind of another era. Uh, some yeah. track athletes. Some track. Mm-hmm. So yeah, less than 10 division one athletes. Yep. Yeah. No, and over the a thing I'm thinking about, I want to make sure our guests understand this. This is a different podcast than we've had before and I'm really enjoying it. Right. I mean, this is right up my alley because I don't want people to get locked in that we got a bunch of guys and we're sitting around, you know, drinking nat- natural lights and just having a good time <laughs> talking about old school, our, our, you know, our glory days back then, sure. because, because everything that is being discussed right now, I'm writing down, and I'm thinking about my professional teams of 50, you know, 30, 40, 50 year olds, right? I'm, I'm writing down, I've written down sustained greatness. Now, nobody's said it that way, but that, That's Ryan, when, when you talk about 40, 50 years, right, there, there's, there's a recipe to this. There's a way to lead. There's a, the accountability. There's the coachability. Mm-hmm. There's the blue mm-hmm. collar. It's the community, right? And, but all I'm, I'm thinking about, yeah, I mean, the sports and the youth um, and the town and what that means. That's all like, I'm into all that. But I'm also thinking about, you know, the person that's, you know, sitting in New York City or, you know, San Francisco that listens to our podcast. But this is like this is business. This is leadership. This is sustained greatness. This is you personally. This is your team at Google or Apple or anything. It is trying to build this up. How do you have the accolades that you have over 40 or 50 years and how can you build that over time and still be sitting around in 2021 and you just know that for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, it's still going to be great, right? Uh, so it's not just – Don't I hope our audience doesn't just get locked in on the youth sports to this, uh, because. but it, it's a fun topic. But, you know, all I think these a lot things of it, that we're talking about are so important to building well, your team. Yeah, and a lot of times we talk about culture, right, and, yeah. and how important that is and how that breeds success. And I think for me, if you look at culture of the the small town environment and what they've done, you know, not just from a sports yeah. perspective, but just the culture in the town. Ryan talked about, you know, just people just pitching in and helping out whenever the time is needed. Yeah. But that goes to culture. I mean, Ryan and Michael stayed in that town for a reason, uh, you know, to, to be part of that, to be part of that culture and, and yeah. to stay. And, uh, you know, for me, that, that obviously translates into yeah. success. I mean, that's work. an important point, man. It's but, a really great point, actually, because mm-hmm. you have me thinking business. Like, can you mm-hmm. build an environment professionally where people like Ryan and Michael would sit there and say, I'm staying here no matter what. This is the place for me. This is the team for me, the product, the service, the company, the industry. It's the location I want to be in. And I'm staying because I'm, you know, because we win. Right. And I, I'm not yeah. afraid to say it in the business. We're like, like, you got to win and you yeah. want to be like, you said something great, uh, Ryan, I believe it was you that, that people just want to be a part of something great. Right. And you continue to like this buy-in that people have from everyone. Right. Um, and Michael was mentioning that the, the, the question or one of the, the thing that really struck me with what you were saying, Ryan is, and, and Michael was agreeing with you and I won't have these numbers, right. I didn't write this down, but one or two division one athletes in, 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 um, in girls basketball, one or two division one athletes in football. So 
you're having this success. You've got 42 final fours and all these state championships, and you're doing it with people that aren't elite. Let's say it that way. Maybe, you know, if you're looking at elite being division one, it's not that other levels aren't elite, right? Um, There's something to that narrative. There's something to, you know, somebody like me who was just not that great but contributes and is valuable and is important and is and is working for the person next to me like Michael was saying. Can you speak to that like that that of getting people to kind of, you know, is it role development, is it just leadership, is it buy-in? I mean, I'm guessing it's all that sort of stuff, but there's something to that um, you know, in in a small town especially. Yeah, and you know, it's it's all of the things that you just mentioned, but you that sustained greatness, right? Like you don't want to be that generation that kind of, uh, yeah. let, you know, lets it go. Right. And, you know, and let, let's take it to the business side a little bit. You know, I, I kind of mentioned that we were kind of a, uh, you know, a huge role in the automotive world in such a small town. Well, in 08 and 09, when the economy went through what it did, you know, our town could have did one or two things. We could have, we could be, could have, could have became a ghost town, sure. like a lot of small communities, and, you know, instead of 2,500, we could have went, uh, you know, less than a thousand, but our community banded together and, you know, we're able to come out of that. And uh, now we have uh, one, two, uh, three diversified factories. I think some of the, the factory, you know, the owners and, and they learn some things, diversification, mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, a more sustained business plan. And so, I mean, I think it carries over. And obviously, we're a farm, a farm, a strong farming community. Joe comes from a very strong farm family, and and you have to adapt. You can't do the things that you've always done and expect to make it. And I think our community, whether it's athletically or whether it's, uh, and we, and here's the other thing, George, that you, that, that might interest your your listeners. We're twenty five hundred. And we support, we've passed every bond issue at the public school that I could ever remember. Mm. Some of them easier than others. And we also just built like a $5 million new parochial school that is a K-8 building within the last five or six years. So mm. you, Some good points. the <clears throat> dynamic that a lot of, not a lot of small communities mm. are going to have. So you support public education, you support private education. You've been, you've, you've, you've had a successful agricultural uh, families, generation upon generation, and you, and you survive, our community survived what, what almost killed uh, many, many small communities in this country. Is It's not just that your sport teams are family. You, you have a community of 25, 2,700 people that are family, right? I mean, like we, like if there's a tragedy, if there's 2008, like you all roll together and get together and say, all right, like we can solve this. We can rally together. Um, and not many, you know, maybe that's small town. I, I'm not from a small town that small. I've been in small towns like that, but, um, and, and I don't know if that's unique, but uh, small towns go under, right. And small towns do struggle when, when they get uh, brought through rough times, but there is that it's, it's, but again, it's like trying to build that team like of, of that we are family, that to, to Michael's point, that we are doing this for one another. It's not me being in the weight room with Joe because Joe's counting on me. It's me being down at City Hall because the, the community needs me there. 
right? Mm -hmm. And because there's more, there's more to it than like it's everything, right? Um, and I, I, I love, I love, I love the, <laughs> I love everything you're saying because it just resonates with what we're trying to build with our teams, right? It's that, it's that mindset of, hey, I'm in this with you, and we can make this great. And it's been great for 50 years, and we're going to make sure it continues to be great. You know, I think one of the things, too, a lot of companies, they try to have all these diversity inclusion initiatives and volunteer. Hey, let's go mm. do this. Let's go do this. And it's like it's a lot of times it becomes more of a forced issue. Like, hey, we got to go do this. You know, in Monroe City, it's like, OK, Sunday, we're here. We're going to go do this. Uh, everything mm. there is honestly, it's a volunteer effort. I mean, every organization, everything. I mean, you know, Ryan talked about all those bond issues and stuff at the school and giving back. I mean, I can't tell you how many volunteer hours that probably Ryan and Michael both put. I put in when I was younger, my parents, everybody, that town just that they survive on that and uh, they don't don't think twice. You know, in the bigger cities, that's a little bit different. It's different with companies. Um, but the yeah, culture right. in that town is obviously it's just a lot different. It's more of an expectation, you know, as opposed to. Um, you know, what it is in a big city. Well, there, there's the, the mindset and what you have me thinking, Joe, and I, I, feel, I feel this you know, energy, I guess, from all of you about your hometown is that you, like, this is how we do things. It's not that everybody falls in line, but you, got, you all know your team, your community, mm -hmm. your sport programs are all kind of built in a way of we, this is how we do things, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, yep. it works for us. May not work mm -hmm. for everybody. Right. But we know what works for us and we're going to continue to do it. Um, Michael, I think, mentioned this or may, uh, it may have been Ryan. I'm trying. Uh, I wrote it down and I really like this idea because I like building teams and I like seeing how people build teams so mm -hmm. I can try to maybe take, you know, take some takeaways and figure out why it works. I love that. I loved the phrase. One of you said that when people come to your place, they're in awe of what you've done, what you have, what you've accomplished. And I wrote that down because I, that sticks with me, right? I want to build an environment, a culture, a team, a, a company that everybody wants to be a part of. They know it's great. Uh, they're, they're, they go home dejected, upset that they're not a part of it. They're upset that they haven't built it that way. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> speak to that, uh, Michael, about like just how maybe how, how, your, how your, your community, your teams are kind of viewed by people in your surrounding areas, even your rivals that sit there and say, ah, oh, we're better. We're better. Right. And maybe in, in reality is they're probably not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a lot of jealousy, I think. And I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, it is, you know, and, you know, I'm probably going to go a different level, but I was thinking while we were talking, I was just thinking about this and, you know, being in, you know, other business, you know, working jobs when I was younger, even in the legal field a little bit, you know, one of the things I think that's hardest to do culture wise is getting people to buy into a certain, you know, to a role that maybe suits them. You know, I think that's something Monroe city has done really well in, in mm. every aspect because it's so easy to go in and say, if I'm not the star, I'm out. You know, mm -hmm. if, I'm not, if I'm not getting promoted in a year at the business, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I think one mm. thing that Monroe City's done really well is, you know, getting people to buy into the role and showing them support in that, you know, showing how that role is successful, you know, for for them personally and then for, you know, team community business as a whole. And I think that is something that, 
you know, I think it starts with, you know, parents and all that. But I think that is something that has been a culture that Monroe City has had for a long time. And, you know, I've seen that a lot, not just on the on the football field or the basketball court or whatever, but, you know, seeing friends of mine that, you know, I know where they were on, you know, athletically maybe, you know, weren't at a different level. I can tell you I was at a different level than Ryan and Joe. I was at a lower level. But, you know, they were able to take some of the things that they learned and maybe being that, that role player on a basketball court and taking that into whatever their field is. And not mm. only does it help them, you know, in that field as, you know, playing a role, but it allows them as a leader to see how important it is mm -hmm. to have everybody from, you know, the bottom to the top have the same mindset and yeah. buy in together. But it's that idea of, Hey, I'll take, I'll take whatever role you put on me, coach. I just want to be a yep. part of it. Like <clears throat> I just want to be a part of, cause I've been raised here. Like, and everybody's into it and I'm, I'm raised to, you know, to, to value this. It's important to me and my family and the community and whatever you want me to do, I'll be a part of it. Right. Uh, just yeah. to, just to have that taste of it. No, yeah. I think Michael brings up some good points because there's, there's no doubt role, role playing is, yeah. is, is really important. Um, and we, we, George and I, we talk about that on teams too, right? Everybody's got to know your role, do your job type thing. One of the cool things I, I saw, I watched the game under city, the basketball game, their last one, uh, final eight game. And after the game, the impact the the kids had on the community, I thought was impressive. Mm. Uh, you know, Ryan and Michael both having younger boys too, and just that the bond between the player and the youth, I thought was mm. was 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 awesome. And whether they were a starter or not starter, it was like all of these boys were, you know, just mm. I, I felt like they were just nurturing the younger crowds coming up. Like that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it, 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 they're awesome, and, and really every athlete that I think's come mm -hmm. through the city has done that to some extent. And mm -hmm. you know, I think you know when you when you think I'm, I've been in education 16, 16 years this is my sixteen. I took a two year uh, kind of wanted to see what the real world was like, so to speak. And uh, but I'm where I need to be. But no different than what we do in education. No what different than what we do as coaches. No different than what you guys do in business. You want your employees, I want my students, our coaches want their players to be excited about coming the next day mm. and showing up mm. and being a good, positive place to be a part of, right? And so, yeah, winning helps, right? Like when you win, it helps you want to – and when you're in a business world and you're seeing results and, you know, maybe it's intrinsic award, rewards you're getting, maybe it's bonuses in the extrinsic awards you're getting. But, you know, the end goal is the same. You want people to show up the next day, and that comes back to what Michael was talking about earlier, and that's buy-in. And mm -hmm. we, we all, we're all fighting for that in, in, our, in our whatever profession we are. We want buy-in. I want my students to be just excited tomorrow – we don't have school tomorrow because we're going to Springfield. But uh, so that, that was another bonus of a final four run is an extra day off. But you want people to be excited about what your end goal is. And, you know, the success has certainly bred that. And then those kids that are watching that, Joe, yeah, mm -hmm. they go out in the backyard and they're like, hey, I'm Josh Tall and I'm, I'm Josiah Tall and I'm Kyle Hayes, right? Like that's what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we, we all kind of aspire to be something. And, and uh, 
I think it comes back to all that stuff we've just been talking about, knowing yeah. your role. Uh, absolutely. That ego thing. I mean, if you look at it in the real world, I mean, I can't tell you how many times you run into some really tough egos. Uh, you go back into, you know, Monroe City's playing days. I mean, Ryan Watson, by far the best athlete on the floor uh, that we had, never once was it give me the ball, do this, do that. I mean, he was, it was, it was total team. Everything was about the team. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there was never once, you know, the ego came into play. I mean, he was just one of the guys lacing up, go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that culture still resonates to this day. And maybe that's some parents that probably, yeah. Have, play a special part in that, but it's definitely different. It's not something that y'all, unfortunately, you don't see that in the real world every day. I think if you did, there'd probably be a lot more winning going on. Well, I, I mean, I touched, you know, you know, ego is a something I've learned a lot about in, in the last few years in my journey in life. And mm-hmm. when you, when you can kind of put that ego aside and no matter what the end goal is, right. Making a profit, uh, whatever, you know, for me, it, it's, you know, the kids I see daily, right. It's just trying to make a positive impact. Uh, and when you can, when you can do that for something that's bigger than you, mm. um, that's powerful. And I think that's what our kids feel. Our athletes are feeling here in Monroe city. They're doing it. They're, they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it for something bigger than them. And that just makes it that much more rewarding. You know, there's just funny aside to that, I guess, you know, me as a stat guy, Ryan, you know, and me being like radio basketball guys, you know, one of the things that's been kind of interesting in looking back is, you know, all those years, all those success, nobody knows what anybody's individual stats are. Hmm. There's no record of it. You know, we because we go back in the 80s, there's a run, we had a running back that probably is in the top 10, you know, would have been at least a top 10 career rusher. Not one person has any idea what he ran for. We just know he ran everybody over. That's all we know. <laughs> That's great. It, it kind of goes back to what Ryan was saying about, you know, and what Joe was saying about, you know, ego and whatnot is. You know, I don't know how much a, a role that plays, but, you know, there are a lot of places around that you're going to go in and rather than seeing all the team success, you're going to see, you know, here's what who scored the most points in a game in history and here's who's ran for the most yards. And in Monroe, mm. you just there's none of that. Mm. You, I'm interested and I know the answer to this. I think we all do. And it's just uh, how it's been built. There, there could be this mindset with some of your athletes of they got to play me, right? I mean, I, there's only so many kids here, right? And I'm pretty good. Like, I don't have to go that hard. I don't have to be in the weight room. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're not going to play me, right? Um, but it is that mindset maybe of that you've created since, you know, that that athlete was maybe five, seven, eight, nine years old, right? That they would never do that. We would never allow that. But you could, I, do you, is there a, is uh, kind of along those lines, is there, is there a deliberate strategy and um, conversation that you have with your athletes yearly as this, as this machine goes to have those attributes, those habits, those, those mindsets um, is it deliberate yearly or is this something, you know what, George, we've been rolling with this 
for so long and we've had this level of success for 30, 40 years that we're just kind of a machine with it. And it, and it's cool if that's the answer, right? We don't do much in terms of the language, the uh, being deliberate with teaching uh, those mindsets. Uh, it just happens now. Um, no, so so I, I just tell you, all, all of our coaches have, right now, modern coaches have like a deliberate growth mindset, right? Like they are trying to better themselves. We, we did a podcast last night with our head coach and he was talking about a, a book that he's read and he's deliberately using that language in practice. Mm. And I've got the scouting report right here. It says chop wood, carry water. And, you know, we can all go into and some philosophical discussion on what that means. But, you know, the premise is like keep it's right here in front of you. Just do your job, chop wood. And I think all of our coaches have done that has made it maybe not. I, I think there's deliberate conversations above and beyond just wins and losses about mm. being good adults, young adults, mm. about mm. being good student athletes, whether it's um, you would Michael and I have interviewed how many Michael, like 30 in the last three years of these high school athletes more. Probably. You would not believe how awesome they are like mm. awesome people mm. like they would fit right in with this conversation. And, and part of that has to come from the leadership, right? Mm. Like it carries down from the top down. And we we're very blessed to have some really awesome leaders for these kids and they're not stuck in their ways and not saying, mm. Hey, this is just how it's been done. We're just going to no. Right. if something needs to be changed, they're going to change it. So it's a deliberate thought by all your coaches every year they're not sitting back saying, Hey, we're just a machine now. Like, and the reason I'm asking that is, you know, as you build something, I'm, I'm wondering about the sustained greatness, like what that message is. Is it still deliberate every day? Do you always have that mindset of building and building and building and trying to get better and growth mindsets and things of that nature? Or, or do you, do you put it on cruise control because you're just so damn good? Right. Um, and, and so, uh, go ahead. Yeah, what I, I mean, I think what I would say is, you know, what the past has brought is it brings a higher base starting point. Mm. So maybe you're not starting at, you know, the ground level and trying to build someone up into that culture. I think you got a base, but, you know, there's always room for growth. There's always room for buy-in, all these other things. So I think, you know, one of the things that the sustained you know, success has had is you do have a higher base starting point on when you're starting, you know, when you're trying to build these players up, these, you know, individuals up. And, you know, one of the other things that allows too is, you know, you're always, you know, you're talking about, you know, you have the one player, you're always going to run into those. I mean, there's, I don't think it's, you know, there's a way to avoid it, mm -hmm. but by growing the team in general, I think a lot of that allows that to basically put not only letting the coach kind of coach that player, but the rest of the team can kind of build in and, and run into that same situation and build that up and try to cut off any issues that it comes up. And let's not think that Monroe City is some utopia here. <laughs> we certainly have our issues, right? Like there are issues in our, our, in our town. There's issues in our schools. There's For issues sure. in our families. You know, I mean, it's not just some utopia. There's failure too, and there's sure. been there's been lulls in in the in the success. But you know, ultimately, um, 
you know, like these kids right now have no idea what happened in the nineties. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Like unless their grandparents or, or something talk about it or, you know, or their mm -hmm. parents were around, but they can look up there and say, that's pretty cool to have a banner, you know? And so, you know, we're, we're, we're not, yeah, I, I just, you know, I think it's important to know that, it's 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 not this perfect world. No, definitely far from perfect, right? A lot of a lot of learning, you know, a lot like a lot of other towns that are going through a lot of struggles, right? Um, you know, Absolutely. so and, and and learn. I think we've all learned a lot mm -hmm. through our struggles as a town, as a community, Absolutely. as a school, whatever Absolutely. it may be, and mm -hmm. in the business world too. And you you live you you know you you grow. I mean, some of the most. Uh, I mean, we've for a small town, we've got some phenomenal business minded business owners. Mm. Um, that, um, you know, have survived some of these things that have, yeah. that have, have happened in, in our country because, um, yeah, they, they have that growth mindset. They're not just going to set back on their laurels and, and just say, oh, we've always been good. Let's keep being, let's just keep it up. You know, you keep working towards that next thing. Yeah, well, that's why I, I admire and listen, I've never been up to Monroe City. Joe and I are good friends and I've heard this. I've heard stories, um, you know, and um, not too many. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not, not too many. But what I admire about it and, and really appreciate and the notes that I'm taking, you know, these are things that I can implement, you know, with my with my kids, with the with the kids that I'm coaching, but with my professional teams and all that. But what what I admire about what you all are doing is very much what, what I talked about 43 minutes ago when we started, when I, Joe and I were talking offline about the commitment that his family, his boys and daughter, and one of his sons that is up early in the morning in the gym, like that's all cool, right? It's great. Like, cause he's going to have a great, you know, they're all going to have great uh, high school athletic careers, but it's those values. And the, and I, I mentioned offline as well. I listened to absolutely the best podcast I think I've ever uh, listened to uh, this morning on my run. And this Navy SEAL was talking not about skills, but about attributes. And mm -hmm. that, that, that there's um, to not to really separate the two, but like there are certain skills that you have, but there are these attributes that you're developing, right? And these attributes that you all uh, through 30, 40, 50 years up at Monroe City and all the state championships, but it's really what you're producing. Who leaves those halls and who leaves those courts and fields and who goes and contributes to society and who's just crushing it and knocking it out of the park as a, as a, as a, uh, in society, as a person, as a husband or a wife, um, is that's significant. Like the values, right? Uh, the more I do these podcasts, the more I'm in business, the more I'm leading teams the foundations that Michael was talking about is built on values and attributes and habits, right? Of being up early in the morning, Joe, with your son shooting and getting in the gym. That's just a habit he's creating and an attribute he's developing to really just crush it out of the park. But that's what you all are doing up there with all these things of all these skills and everything that you've mentioned, winning and losing is cool, but, you know, developing those winning mindsets and habits and rituals and the attributes that we're talking about with those young men and women, that's what it's all. That's why that's, that's, a, that's amazing. And I really appreciate and admire everything you all are doing. And, I, and I'm disappointed that to your point that my sons aren't, and daughter aren't a part of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> up there. We need to move up to Monroe City. Um, but I, I understand, Ryan and Michael, why, to Joe's point, why you guys, hey, you made that your life. Right. Because it means something to you and it means something to you to be a part, continue to be a part of it. 
but it also means something to you to be able to now contribute those values that you were raised on to those young athletes and the whole entire community, not just the athletes, but that community, because it means that much to you. You, you said the word, like it, it is values, right? And, and, and they, they didn't get instilled by me and Michael or Joe, they got instilled from a generation uh, before, us. before us and the generation mm -hmm. before them. And we just try to carry that torch and, uh, you know, I, I came back because I love I, I love the small town. Right. I love I felt like I wanted to this community gave me I felt like it gave me so much and taught mm -hmm. me so much that I wanted to give back to that in some way, in some small way, shape or form. Um, and mm -hmm. and because because I do, I, I, I bleed black and gold um, and not. I mean, maybe because we're successful in athletics, that probably plays something, but more so because like it's a really good place to raise a family. And mm -hmm. I've been taught so many great things and great lessons that I think it's important to give those to my kids. I've got three boys, you know, mm -hmm. a 13 year old and 11 year old and a seven year old. And I want them to to find their way and they're going to make a thousand mistakes. Right. I mean, that's just part of life. But. Um, hopefully at yeah. the end of the day, when it's all said and done, they have those same values that uh, will carry them in life, wherever life takes them. If it takes them to New York City, great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you all are you have that environment, that community to instill those values that are important to you and to that community. One last question before I get to the, the final question. At some point, 30, 40, 50 years ago, somebody built this. Somebody sat back. And it could have been a number of people. It could have been one person, could have been five people that said, hey, this is, is there a quote unquote godfather to Monroe City athletics that built this sucker up that everybody is just continuing to ride the values of one person that helped build this? And I, that may go back and it definitely would, if it's 30, 40, 50 years, predate some of you. But is there, is the football stadium or the basketball field named after somebody that started to build that culture and environment? Well, I, I'm going to attribute it to a handful of people because everything's different, right? We had a coach that was all three of our coach in football, Dale Lavery. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the I mean, this was old school stuff, right? Like some of what they did wouldn't really fly in today's society. <laughs> like, but right. it had to start somewhere. And and he, he took an 0-10 team and within a few years were state – uh, quarter finalist. And then on the other side, uh, on the girls basketball side, you had a guy by the name of Bob Pluert who mm. just developed an unbelievable program. And then, you know, before that you had like Charlie Welker at the track, uh, facility. And then that, that torch got carried on. Um, we didn't really talk about this, but, um, we had another division one athlete who was an all American at Mizzou, Brian Hancock at the pole vault and his dad got, God rest his soul just an unbelievable community guy. Mm -hmm. He he created, I don't know how many state champions in pole vault with just pure hard work and being there for kids. Mm -hmm. So yes, there are some names that certainly come to our minds. And I think they're probably the same ones that came to Michael and Joe's mind, but it was a collection. I think yeah. that, and then, 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 you know, you got to give credit to our current coaches, David Kirby, our football coach, uh, Melissa Chen, our, our softball coach, Brock Hedra. I mean, you know, Cody Leonard, our girls basketball coach, track mm -hmm. coaches, Laura Mulvaney, Dave Kirby. I mean, 
not that anybody out there listening is going to know their names, but um, yeah, they've carried the turf. It's, but it's significant, well. right? It, it really is. It sounds like the way the community has been 50 years ago, the values of that community and plugging a coach in that has those values of that community and builds those young athletes up with the values of that community. And then it just kind of just continues to matriculate just down and down and down. It just continues because these are, this is how we're built. This is how we roll. And this is how this community runs. And these are the values of the community. The, 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 the question that we typically ask, and, I, and now I'm curious uh, to both your answers, and we'll start with Michael. Um, one, I'm, I'm, my, my kind of, uh, my, I pick a word of the year. My word of this year is to finish. Like, I just want to be finishing things. My secondary word of the year is celebrate. And that word continues to come up in a lot of conversations I'm having. That podcast I referenced earlier, that was a big theme. Uh, the celebration thing. So I want to use this. I usually go longer to try to set you up for this, but I'm interested in just maybe something, Michael, that you've had your hand in. It could be up there. It could be professionally. It could be with your teams. It could be, you know, anything with your own children on a vacation, something that when you sit back that you had your hand on that you were instrumental in, um, in, in, in it, um, that you are the most proud of that, that, that comes to your mind. Like, with the phrase like I did this or we did this, what would be something that you'd sit back that you, that you, uh, that you celebrate? Well, you know, I, I hate to say this. I mean, I, all my kids, that's definitely, um, you know, thing comes to mind is we recently adopted a, a little girl from China, mm. you know, coming up on two years now that mm -hmm. she, you know, we got her in April of 2019. So, two years we've had her and, you know, that was a process that I was not necessarily starting off on board. You know, that's something my wife was on and I was, I was not about it. And, you know, through prayer, all these things, and it, it came to be, and it was a long process. It was a four year, basically, <clears throat> or I mean, it was a two year stretch before we got her mm. with a lot of ups and downs, a lot of uncertainty. How's this going to happen? How are we going to, you know, afford it? All these other things. And, you know, it's turned out and it's blessed us more than I can even imagine. I mean, you know, a lot of people look at it and, oh, you're blessing the child. That's not the case. I mean, she's the one that blesses us. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, we were talking yesterday actually about it and, you know, it's two years, but it's like, she's been in our life the whole time. And that's, that would be mm. the, the thing that pops in my mind. Mm. How old is she now? She will be four. She's four mm. right now. Mm. Yeah. She's all that's great. That's great. That's that's great. I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. Ryan, what about you? What, what are you, what are you proud of? What have, what have, what have you done that you sat back and said, you know, this is something great. So how the hell am I going to top that? Right. You should wrap the show on that. She's blessed me too. I'm blessed to yeah. be her godfather and uh Harper great. Is like a gym that makes you smile. Mm. And George, mm. my word for the year, I'll give you my word is pause. Okay. Oh. Pause before I react, pause before I make decisions, pause. So just a little sidebar. Love there. it. Love but it. One thing that comes to my mind um, is I, I, in a previous life, I was a high school principal and um, we passed a bond issue for an upgrade in technology, an upgrade in security and a new all weather 
football field and track. And the infrastructure that we created with the technology allowed now for our district to be one-to-one. -one. So every kid has a device that they have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, security, uh, you know, unfortunately it has to be critical in schools. And, and it, the, the bond issue itself became contentious simply because it, it, it attached some athletic um, things to it, right? Um, but um, I was a huge part of that committee and, and, and going out into our community and talking along with our superintendent and um, our community passed it. And it, it, uh, it, was a, it was a win, right, for our community um, in, in a time when industries were kind of in flux a few years ago. And um, I think it's it we, and we're a small town. Right. So it's it was it was really uncommon at that time for a community our size to have an eight lane all weather track and a field turf football field. And I'm proud that I was a I was a, a very small part of that. Don't I, don't get me. I'm, it's just something I was a proud to be. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Thanks, and, yeah, it does. So listen, I, I really appreciate this. Um, I didn't know where this was going to go. Um, definitely different than uh, other podcasts we've done, but this is one that I've already taken a full page of notes on here. Um, and I, I listen to these again and take a lot of notes. And these are, there's everything in, in here of, you know, finding roles that suit them, you know, excited to come back. I wrote that down. I've underlined it that if we can create an environment with where I'm at or with the organizations I'm a part of and the groups that I coach, whatever it is that people wake up every day and say, Oh, I get to like, not this. I have to, right. That's a big thing that I've been kind of learning in terms of language with my, myself, like, you know, you don't have, you know, have to changing it to, I get to, right. And it's just, just a shuttle, subtle shift, but breeds excitement. But this excitement of the other day, actually, what's that? I said I tweeted that same thing. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So it's great. But like, my, you know, Michael talked a, a lot about buy-in from everybody and leadership and accountability and how important that is to building those teams and that culture and that environment and with those values and working for somebody else. And you talked about the blue collar, you know, uh, of, of the small town and, be, and everybody's coachable, right? Um, and uh, the, the other underline here um, we talked about was sustained greatness. And I'm, I'm driven by that. Um, to the, to the point of the podcast this morning about a peak performer, right? There is no peak. And I really like that mindset. Like I, I understand I'm going to probably continue to use that phrase of peak performance, but I optimal performance, but sustained greatness, getting there and staying there and your, your group, your community, your teams over 50 years have been able to sustain that. Um, and, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, just outstanding. And so all these lessons learned here are great. So two gentlemen, Ryan Watson and Michael Williams, Joe Quinn, all from title town, Monroe city, For sure. all, co all cousins, all related somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so, Small you know, time living. How we do it? <laughs> absolutely great yeah. hour. Absolutely a great hour. How can people uh, listen to you, track you down? We'll put it in the show notes. You have something called two dubs. What's tell us again, what two dubs is. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so the two dubs, uh, we have a podcast, the two dubs show. It's on, you know, okay. most of the Spotify. Gotcha. Whatever. Most of the Google or most of the podcast platforms. You know, it's just a way for us. We talk a lot about Monroe City sports, but, you know, it's also a way for us to talk sports. And every now and again, we get into just general whatever's on our mind. And, yeah. 
we've been doing it for a while now and we really enjoy it and that's probably you know we have a facebook page two dub show we each are on twitter under our individual names and we're not that hard to find perfect at at rt watson i love twitter i'm on there all the time i actually use it for a lot of professional development um you know in the education world you can find all kinds of resources and i'm and leadership too uh and i'm sure you guys utilize it for that same reason but at rt watson for me mine is at m b williams eight m b williams eight the number eight yep got it what i what i the last thing just the that's on top of mind right now as we close it up is Man, just be great where you are. Be present. I kept thinking that today as I was running and listening to this podcast and Jesse Itzler, this gentleman that I follow quite a bit and kind of wrapped up into all his content now. Be where your boots are and be present. But where you are, be just make it great, right? And you gentlemen have gone, I've been in your hometown for a long time. You, you are c- continuing to make it great. You know, Joe... You know, Joe, I, if this, this story isn't right, just correct me on it. But you were... You're, you're so immersed in that community still. And I, I don't know how far away we are from that town, right? How far are we right now, Joe? 100 from, miles. So you're a hundred miles away, but you made a point of it that you had to listen to or watch YouTube videos of, of a, an assembly, correct? Right. You wanted to watch the assembly or a kickoff or yeah. a basketball game, right? Or some of that stuff. So it's probably stuff. Yep. For yeah, uh, just being a part of it, being a part of something great mm-hmm. and being wherever you are, uh, to enhance, you know, enhance it and sustain greatness, man. I, I really appreciate, uh, that's a message that I'm taking away amongst many other things. So Love listen, the Panther, always a Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Michael, I really appreciate your time. Appreciate you being on our show. Appreciate all these messages. Um, if you need, want to track down Michael or Ryan, all their information will be in the show notes and everybody have a great day. Thank you guys. Thanks, yep. Thanks George. Thanks Joe. Yep. Mm-hmm.